Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. The number nine in Scripture was used 49 times. And it symbolizes, check this out, divine completeness. Christ died at the ninth hour of the day, 3 p.m. And when he did that, he opened up. One of the last things he said is that it is finished. And what it meant is that your debt had been paid. Nine also represents the fruits of God's Holy Spirit. There are nine of them. There is love, and there is joy, and there is peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so nine symbolizes that God has completed something in you. And it means that the fruit that is getting ready to come forth will remain in your lives. The gifts God gives us as pastors and, and as leaders are unique because... They, God calls you, and uh, I often tell people that the definition of a calling and understanding of a calling is it is an inner urge to give your gift away. That's what it means to be called. It means you, God has given you a gift, and when he calls you, you have this desire to give it away. And the amazing thing is, is that because you have this desire to give it away and he's the one that cut it on, it means that you can't even cut it off. And so, Pastor Lofton and Lady Lofton, you can't even cut it off. You can't help but serve people. You can't help but give. You can't help but pray. You can't help but lead because God has cut on something in you that is going to be a blessing to all of us that are around. And we praise God for you and your leadership, your integrity, your heart, how you carry yourselves, how you conduct yourselves. I praise God for your marriage. I praise God for your family. And I praise God for everything that God, it looks like everything you touched turned to gold. <laughs> Father, we thank you. Now we honor you and we, we bless your name. You are worthy. There is none like you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for this place of worship. We thank you for this fellowship of the saints. God, we thank you for this church covenant. God, we thank you for covenant. God, C3. God, we thank you for what you're doing in them right now in this season, in this time. God, we thank you for each individual that's here. And we pray, God, even as we hold that hand, we squeeze into that hand the anointing. We squeeze into that hand love. We squeeze into that hand peace. We squeeze into that hand gentleness, kindness. God, we squeeze into that hand patience. And Father, we pray, God, that their need is met tonight. The hand that we hold, we believe for them. And we trust you for them. God, bless them, God. Bless them just because, God, you just want to. Just because you chose to. And God, we will honor you tonight. Now, Father, as we go into your word tonight, God, we pray that you will speak with clarity. And God, that you will speak, God, in such a way that we'll walk away differently than we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. 
You may have your seat, and uh, I often think it's good when we come to church that we smile and that we laugh. You don't have to stand for this, but if you would, if you just hold your Bible, if you got a Bible, if you're using your phone, use your phone, whatever you use. I want you to look at the person beside you now and smile at them. Show them your 10s, your 22s, your 32s, whatever you got. If they ain't yours, just show them what you got. Say, this is what I got. This is the best I got. I'm, smile at them. Smile at them real big. Now look at them. And look at them. Look at them. Smile at them. Smile at them. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says that I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. And my life. Now get attitude. Say, and my life. It's the better. After having heard. The word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. 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 I want to uh, move into the word swiftly tonight and uh, bring you greetings from Salisbury, North Carolina. Salisbury. And Salisbury, Father's house of glory. So excited to be with you here tonight. And I want to read two passages of scripture. I want to read the, uh, the scripture. I think that's their theme for the week, which is Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to go there first. I want to go there first. One of my favorite scriptures. 29, verse 11, it says, Now, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil to give you an expected end. Uh, let me read that and amplify it. He says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Uh, if you would, if you don't mind, if you turn over with me also to First uh, Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter five. And I want to begin at verse one. I'm going to read verses one uh, through 11. Uh, I'll be reading out of the King James Version. You ready? Look at your neighbor. Make sure they got it. Sometimes we try to fake it out. Got to monitor your row now. Make sure everybody on your row is on point. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1. The elders which are among you, I exhort whom am also an elder and witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. I think whoever was taking up the offering has already mentioned that they're not after your filthy lucre. Verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. 
Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject, Built to Last. Built to Last. Look at your neighbor and say, I was built to last. When it comes now to building anything of significance and importance or substance, it is crucial that the foundation has got to be right. The foundation has got to be right. For if one builds on sand, it will not stand on the storm. So when it comes time to building things, and in our Christian walk, one of the things that's most important is you must make sure that your theology is right. <laughs> your faith must be right. Why? Because the songwriter said it this way. He says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And he says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock. I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And just in case you forgot it, he said it again. All other ground is sinking sand. Theology now comes from the Greek. And it literally means knowledge about God. Theo means God, and ology means the study of, while doctrine means the system of a particular belief. Theology contains the character and attributes of God, whereas doctrine now houses the various teachings, instructions, and principles and creed of the church that are acceptable and that are essential for faith and our practice of Christian growth. Somebody say grow. Theology now affects your spiritual growth, and it affects your stability. And it affects your thinking. And if your thinking is not right, you know, it, 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 it changes who you are. Because so if that means if my theology is off, then it causes my thinking to be off. And as a man thinketh, so is he. So your faith must be built on the right foundation. Faith now is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. But faith is substance. It is substance. It is the thing that you stand on. It's up under you. It is substance. 
when you build houses, there's something called a subfloor. And if the subfloor is messed up, it don't matter what you lay on top of it. It won't stand and it won't hold. So faith now has got to be right. It has to be in the right context. It must be in the right source. And the thing that is amazing about faith, it is important to you that your faith is right and it is working on all cylinders. Because for every prophecy that comes to you, it requires a faith process to bring it to pass. For every promise that is promised to you, it requires a faith process to bring it to pass. For every principle in God's word, it requires a faith process to bring it to pass. And so without faith now, you cannot get what God has for you. And so when God wants to call leaders, it's important that he build them in their faith in the right way because it's going to be very important now for them to be successful where they are going. So uh, the thing about the thing about your faith, all faith now, it does not come without testing. Uh, there must be a test to see if your faith is what you thought it was, what you say it is, what you believe it to be, because God doesn't put you off the assembly line without testing you first. It must be a test, so faith comes. It does not come without testing. While finding defects, and bugs in the purpose is the is one of the purposes of testing. It is not the sole purpose. It is important uh, for testing now to verify and validate that God's chosen will meet the stated requirements and specifications. <laughs> the Bible is full of examples of God testing his leaders. And, and from the frequency of these instances, God appears to be a God of testing. The Hebrews say it this way in chapter 12. He says, for our God is a consuming fire. As a consuming fire, it is really understood as a testing fire. He always used heat to test what's really in there. Nothing will bring out your attitude. Better than a good hot summer day. You don't have no food. You're hungry. And it's hot. When you're hot and you bothered, it brings out who you really are. Heat will bring out who you really are. <laughs> You'll say some things sometimes when it's hot. That normally you have control over, but when it gets real hot, you know, you get that gospel look on your face. You know, the gospel look. You know, when you feel in the spirit, it's just, and it brings out who you really are. Touch the neighbor and say, he to bring it out. The Bible now is full of examples of God testing. And uh, he, he, he tries our attitudes and he, he, he tries, our, he tests our motives. 
This is not simply to expose your weaknesses, but it is to cause them, <laughs> it's to cause you really to turn to the Lord for help. Anytime now, you're exposed. Don't be embarrassed. Just go to God and get some help. You would rather it come out and you get help than you would if it was to come out in a situation where you can't get no help. So God now will prove his vessels of leadership already knowing their inner weakness. He's not surprised because he tests us. You want some scripture? 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange things happening to you. It ain't odd that you're going through what you're going through. And, and it's the thing. You know, you can't be afraid of going through. Stop being running away from problems. I told y'all this before. He who solves problems gets paid. Stop running from problems. Because problems is designed to strengthen you and build you up so you're no, so when it's time to come off the assembly line, there's never a question about your performance because you have been tested, you have been tried, and you've been built to last. It's interesting now. The test, the heat, <laughs> is your friend. I know I ain't going to amen right now. <laughs> the heat is your friend. Because the heat, <laughs> I can't give you scripture for. First Peter 1 and uh, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Listen to this. He says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. <laughs> that the trial of your faith, listen to this, being more, much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So the test now is designed now to help you develop into who God has already said you are. Yeah, you know, when they, when, they, when they really, you know, how many people got some gold on? How many people got some fake stuff on? Got some fake stuff on? Got some fake stuff on? See, the fake stuff, when you put the heat to it, it'll rise to the top. And what they do is they scrape it off. And add more heat. Because the impurities will separate only during the testing, heating moments. And so when God is designing you and he's, he's calling you and he's putting you out there, he doesn't want to put his name on you. And you not be able to stand what he's put you in. He'll never put more on you than you can bear. So he tests us now. 
uh, all holiness must be tested. <laughs> God will test a leader to purify him or her. God will use only pure leaders whose only motive for ministry is the glory of God and the salvation of souls. So trials and circumstances are designed to remove the impure attitude of bitterness, selfishness, covetousness, and from a leader's heart and replace them with a motive of love. So the purpose now of God's testing now is to produce faith. Yes, faithful men and faithful women who can keep believing and trusting in the living God doing problems and difficulties. Why? Because many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver you out of all of them. So I ain't afraid. I'm not surprised when I'm afflicted by the enemy. I'm not surprised because God is testing me so that when it's my time to get in the spotlight, my impurities won't show up. Y'all, y'all get this. And look at your neighbor and say, your faith must stand trial. Uh, a story in the Old Testament with the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all remember? And those fellas, you know, they were they were they were uh, they, they were the basically had been called in and brought in, captured, and brought in, and they were serving in a palace of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, most of us, when we hear the story. We are so concerned about the fire and, and so concerned about, most of us don't know the history of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, let me, let me share a little bit quick. You know, Nebuchadnezzar was crazy. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm talking about crazy that you really don't want to deal with this dude. Let me give you some history on it. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was uh, narcissistic. He was he was an ego uh, manacle. He, he he was he had his ego issue, and uh, he was a tyrant. Uh, he was a Babylonian king who captured now Jerusalem, God's people. And when you read the scripture in Jeremiah. Where he says, you know, uh, God has a plan for you and it's going to work out in the end. <laughs> you don't understand what they were going through because what they were dealing with at the moment was that, 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 that Nebuchadnezzar now had conquered Nineveh. He had conquered Jerusalem. And the, the thing about it is when he conquered Nineveh, he took over a city that most people thought would never go down. And he hired some hitmen. <laughs> oh, you got to get this. He hired this group of guys called these Scythians. Uh, Scythians. Uh, who are they? And oh, these guys were so mean and so rugged. And so angry that when they would conquer a city and when they would conquer an enemy, they would pull all the soldiers that are still living, tie them up to a chariot, four chariots going in four different directions, and they would pull them apart. Nebuchadnezzar 
had convinced these guys to work for him. Uh, see, you don't understand. So when the Hebrew boys was talking about, I ain't going and I ain't going to pray, you know, it wasn't like they was talking to, uh, you know, somebody like Donald Trump or somebody. They wasn't, he wasn't talking to Donald. You understand? These cats was really crazy. I ain't talking about nobody trying to make some money. I'm talking about these cats were really. So when he tells Nebuchadnezzar this, what he is telling him is that, that you know, they're saying, are you going to bow down? No, I ain't bowing down. And then the other thing, see, Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Jerusalem, had tore down the city, and he always kept the best for himself. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hey, you know, they weren't just standing around, you know, in the Alice in Wonderland. No, 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 no. They were the smart. They were the cream of the crop. So he brings them into his place, and he begins to train them of his ways. Y'all getting it? Not only do he bring them so they have lost their culture, they've lost their city, they have lost where they were born and where they were raised. All the family has been killed. They are the only ones still living. And if that's not enough, then he makes them into eunuchs. And so here they are eunuchs now serving. And now you know, they're going through. And so when, they, when you read the scripture that I have a plan for you, See, you see, you don't understand that you, you need some encouragement because you have lost everything that you could ever think of. So Jeremiah wasn't just, you know, he, he wasn't selling prophecy. These folk needed to hear a word from God. So you have these three brothers now who have lost their family, have lost their city, have lost their opportunity. They had lost everything but their faith. And here they are now. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and it gets word that they won't bow. And Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't have pictures of a God on the wall. He had pictures of himself because he thought he was a God. When he blowed his horn, you're going to bow down. and you, No, no, no. These guys won't stop. And see, most people can't picture the scenery because you're not talking about, you know, in here, it might be a hundred of us in here, 200 of us in here. But no, 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 you're talking about the whole city. And when they blow the horn, the whole city go down, but them the only three brothers still standing. No, 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 see, it's easy to sit down on you in here. I mean, you know, ain't a whole lot of us, that type of thing. But you get into a place and the whole city goes down and you stand you're talking about a million folk that bow down and them three, they're the only ones still standing. Yeah, you know, their faith. They were able to believe God without any additives. Oh, y'all missed it. <laughs> and so Nebuchadnezzar now, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's crazy. The boy conquered Nineveh at age 17. He conquered Jerusalem at age 25. So at age 25, he was the, the basically ruling the world. No other, he was, he was the powers that be. He was in charge. And, and these boys had enough faith now to stand in the midst of that because they believed God. Believed God. And I, I don't know about you, but, you know, anybody ever prayed for faith? Yeah. 
And you know, if I'm gonna ask God for something, at least when he give it to me, I want it to hold up. You know what I'm saying? If God's going to give it to me, it ought to be able to hold up. You know what I'm So God oftentimes will take us through fire, through tests, through trials, and cause us now so that when we come out on the other end, you understand, there's no question about who I am. There's no question about whether I stand. There's no question about can I stand the test of time, the trials that I'm going through. And so... I want to share with you <laughs> some different tests that you probably have already been through in the nine years. And for you that ain't been here long, just take notes from the folk that's already been through so when it comes time for you to go through, you'll know how to get out. This is just a point to you. This is 22nd time out, but take this for free. You know, I don't have a problem if somebody's been to hell. I just need to make sure they got out. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, in case, I ha in case I have to go through there, I at least need to know how to get out. You understand? And I can tell you that Jesus is the only one that's been there and got out. So if you don't know him, that's the one you need to know because he knows how to get out. <laughs> so in order to get you to know him, God takes us through tests. The first test is the time test. <laughs> it's the time test. The time test now is gives you an opportunity to grow. <laughs> Nothing is worse than a tree that gets fooled by the weather and produces its blooms, but spring ain't got here yet. Because if the frost get it, that means I've lost the whole season and I can't get back what I lost. So oftentimes what God will do is with the time test now, he will take you through a time test. So that you learn his seasons and learn his movement. Check this out. And learn his voice. God will oftentimes now, because anytime you're dealing with a time test, you're dealing with an opportunity to grow in faith. And, 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 and oftentimes this is what happens now. When you're dealing with a time test, you want to, Gather your tool bag and gather your strengths and try to handle it yourself. Because it looked like he may not come when you want him. Y'all know the song. You understand that type of thing. So why are you waiting on him? He'll go try something like Abraham, you know. He made that promise to him and he's going to give you a child. You know, Abraham should have known, you know. Well, I'm going to let me go work out something. But I can tell you this, that God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. I can tell you this, that when you buy diamonds, they look better on the black backdrop. You understand? So don't be afraid of your weakness. It's just a backdrop for God to shine. Y'all get that? The second test is a word test. A word test. God's word will stand. 
<laughs> so God will use the word test to cause a leader to reject his own resources and depend solely on God's strength to bring God's word to pass. You ever got a word from God and you tried to help him out? <laughs> yeah, especially when you're talented. Because, see, talented leaders can easily trust more in themselves than in God. Joseph is a good example of the word test because the boy had a dream. And it took, he had to wait approximately 14 years before he seen the fulfillment. He had the word, you understand? But he had to wait until the word brought forth in its due season, in its due time. Y'all getting this? And then number three is the character test. Oh, character test. The character test now, the purpose of this particular test is to show it shows it, it tests it shows to the leader that the areas of weakness in his own or her own personality. Character test. And you need a good friend when you're going through a character test. I can tell you that. It motivates a leader to stand up boldly against the powers of darkness. A character test reveals hidden character deficiencies. It, 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 it will show you the deficiencies. Don't be afraid. We all got some. Thank God that he showed you and not somebody else. <laughs> I'd rather, I mean, you know, we got to fix it, you know. Uh, you know, I just mean you, maybe just between me and you, God. You understand? God ever showed you yourself. And you, you ignored it. And then he showed it to somebody else. I don't know. I don't, want to need, I don't need to show him. That just me and you can work this out, Lord. <laughs> then there's the motivation test. Oh. Uh, the motivation test. It's really understood. The motivation test is understood and defined as a heavenly examination in which God exposes to the leader what the inner and outer forces of influences his decision-making process. Who motivates you? What is your motive for coming to church? What's your motive for, what's your motive? You know, there's a motive behind all, everything you do has a motive behind it. And if you don't get the motivation test, you know, you know, sometimes we come early because we want, you know, the pastor to assign us to a, a, a position. If you don't get the position, then it brings out the real motive because now you're mad. Come on now. You ever, anybody ever done tell the truth, Shane? Have you ever done that? Thought you was going to get in, that type of thing. It didn't work out. And he brought out the real motive and you found yourself mad. The motive test, the purpose of it is to disclose those inner drives. Check this out. And to purify them into desires for the glory of God and not the glory of self. Yeah, see, you, yeah, I'll throw this out there. You know, sometimes you can worship worship and praise praise. Oh, y'all missed that. 
Sometimes you worship your own worship. <laughs> and you praise your own praise. Oh, I'll leave that alone. Ain't getting me amen right there. All right, I'm going to. Number five. There is the servant test. Oh, I love the servant test. Uh, you know, the Lord asks you, you know, or the, the, the man of God asks you, or the woman of God asks you to do a mental task. And it seems to be below your high calling in God. And you got to make a decision. Do you want the towel or do you want the title? <laughs> See, Jesus chose the towel and he washed their feet. And I can tell you this, his inside secret to passing this test. Choose the towel with a pure motive and God will give you a title. Now, if your motive ain't pure and choosing a towel, you're going to be mad when you don't get the right title. I can tell you that right now. So you want to choose the title over the title. If you really call by God, you can do it without the title. Y'all ready? Yeah. I started out, my wife hugs me before she, I was her husband. I was working on it. I was working hard. I worked hard. Y'all, I, I worked hard. I was laying brick. Because her father was a brick mason. He liked fire in his fireplace, so I made fires every time I go over there in the fireplace. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with working for it. Just got to make sure your motive right. The wilderness test. The wilderness test. The wilderness test now is when God leads you through dry places and desolate places. Look like ain't nothing being fruitful. Look like ain't nothing happening. It look like you can't even talk. Ain't nobody to talk to but God. And what it do? It makes you appreciate the good things that God has already put in your life. That makes sense. You know, you can go through a wilderness and see wilderness. Don't it, it can show up in many different ways. It can show up many different ways. Wilderness tests show up and surprise you. You know, me and my wife are empty nesters now. I'm cool with it. You know, I didn't try to kick them out. I just wanted them to be ready when they move out. You know what I'm saying? Some people just kick them out and throw their plate behind them and all. No, no. <laughs> now I want I want to prepare them so when they go out, they can do it right. They can do it better. See, the, the good sign is when they can do it better than you. Come on, <laughs> There's a misunderstanding test. 
Don't nobody understand nothing you talking about. But you got a lot to say. And you mad because nobody don't understand nothing you talking about. You got you're gonna take this test. I'm telling you, y'all better write it down. You're gonna have this test. And when it happens, you say, you know what? This ain't nothing but the misunderstanding test I'm going through. There's the patient test. Tribulation worketh patience. Pray for patience. God give you tribulation. You say, why am I going through? Because you ask for patience. It teaches you how to thank God even when you're going through. Touch your neighbor and say, you always got something to be thankful for. Joseph, uh, Joseph had talked about his dream, and the brothers had took him out and tried to they gonna sell him off. They was going to kill him. They was going to kill him. I think it was Reuben said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's put him in the pit. Am I right? So here's Joseph in the pit, thanking God because the other alternative, you'd have been dead. So I don't care what kind of situation you're in, there's always an opportunity to thank God for where you're at. This one right here. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. This is the frustration test. Frustration. Everything get on your nerves. You ever get so frustrated you look for pills to take? I took my medicine for them. Got to be another one in there for Just frustrated, you understand? Won't nobody do right, you know what I'm saying? Everybody do the wrong stuff, won't say the right things, won't come at the right time, and you get frustrated. You ever clean the house when you're frustrated? Because somebody else didn't do their part. How'd it make you feel? Frustrated, that type of thing. And you swept hard, you clean hard, you understand? And then we forget that when we come to the house of God, Somebody cleaned this. Oh, come on now. You ought to go find out who's cleaning the house. If you ain't doing no, oh my God, I can say this down here. But you ought to go find out who's doing the cleaning. And relieve them of their duties. You know, a calling, I told you earlier, the inner urge to give your gift away. How many people know how to clean? Raise your hand. Now you need to try to put your hand down there. Raise. You ought to have an inner urge to give your gift away. Amen. <laughs> Take the load off. You ought not let your, oh, my God, I know I can say this. I'm going to run when I leave. You ought not let the pastor touch nothing. I know I ain't getting amen. I know some of y'all feel, listen, the Lord has forgiven you. You can start fresh next week, but you can clap your hand. You ought to not let your pastor touch nothing. 
come to the house of God here. He got to prepare the sermon. Come on now. And see, me and him can relate. We like this. We both go to work every morning. Come on now. We both go to work. We talk on the way home. Hey, Pastor. <laughs> hey, man, how's your job? <laughs> Y'all get this? And see, we, we don't talk about y'all. We, me and him don't have that kind of relationship. I got those somewhere else. <laughs> me and him, we don't talk about y'all because we both love y'all. But he don't have to say nothing. You know how when you with the guy, when you with your boy, you riding. You ain't, ain't got to say nothing. See? Can I get a lesson real quick? This is this, this, this a little relationship lesson real quick. See, most women, when they have a problem, they process, articulate. Am I saying it right? We process, articulate. Now, we got, well, us brothers now, we got a definition of what that's really called. We say you, we, we call it talking all the time. <laughs> but the proper etymology of what it really means is that you're just processing a problem. When you have a problem, you process it, articulate. In short, you talk all the time. Now, when the brothers have a problem, we process and contemplate. Huh? That's called, do you care about this at all? I care, I'm just contemplating because we have to contemplate before we articulate. See, we don't talk about what we don't know. But if you, if we know something, we talk about it. See, me and, me and Brother Nelson know about the Steelers. So we talk about it, you understand? No, 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 we talk football. We talk about it. He should have ran the play that way. You know? No, it should have went that way. We talk about But before we talk about it, you know, we when we have a problem now, we contemplate, process, contemplate. And let me give you another secret. Most brothers never get to the articulation period. And you think because they're not talking about it, they don't care. It ain't that I don't care. The worst thing you can do is interrupt me while I'm in my contemplating moment. <laughs> if you'll let me finish contemplating, then we can talk about it. But I ain't gonna say nothing if I don't know how to fix it. So you got to learn how to support me now when I'm in my contemplating moment. 
Y'all, y'all know I'm. You know I'm saying the truth. That is part of the frustration test. Oh, y'all thought I wasn't coming back to it, huh? That's part of your frustration test. And then you go after you finish contemplating, brothers. We don't talk to the right people. Oh my God. Oh Lord. I don't know how I got off in this one. Built to last. It's gonna last if you work with them. See, you contemplate. And then you go talk to somebody that ain't happy. And you compound your frustrating test because you ain't took it. See, you gotta take the test to pass it. So we put it off and go talk to somebody else who ain't happy. Say amen, brothers. Come on, y'all was y'all was with me a minute ago. Oh, I'm coming back around now. I'm coming down to Ladies Row in just a minute. Because, see, the first thing you do after you process, you want to articulate, he ain't here, none of them saying, so I'm going to call up one of my friends. And every, the first one you call, I guarantee you she ain't happy. I guarantee you she ain't happy. She ain't happy. You call her, then both y'all have an articulating moment, that type of thing about some frustrating things, that type of thing. And then you come back, you fired up, you done got some more words in the chamber, reloaded a gun, and you come back, and then you machine gun us to death. Y'all get this? See, because, no, 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 no. You know how many words you have in your head in a minute? 500. You know how many you speak? 150. Guess what? You think somebody understands them other 350 words. Don't nobody else understand that those words in your mind? I'm, y'all young fellas, I'm telling you, man, listen to this. It'll help you out now. You understand? I'm telling you, man, listen to this. Learn how to communicate. (laughs) And another thing. (laughs) See, ladies, I know somebody needs this tonight. No, I'm not being funny. I'm serious. Somebody needs it. See? Brothers will talk about what they know. Stop interrupting them. And you can find out who they really are. Y'all get? Ask the right questions. Quality questions will get you quality answers. So what do you like to do on the weekend? Man, I be going to the club and just let them talk. Don't say nothing. Don't change your expression. Smile at them. Wink at them. You know, do whatever you do. You understand? Let them talk. You know, ask two or three more. Let them talk. Oh, Sister taking notes in that one. They're tweeting and texting. Let them talk. And then when he asks you, what do, what do you do on the weekends? Well, I like to go to church. I like to go and worship the Lord. See, now he's bagging up. Wait a minute, I ain't saying I don't go to church. You know what I'm saying? I get up and go to church. 
See, now you know what you're dealing with. Which brings me to my next test. Discouragement test. Discouragement test. There's always going to be a discouraging moment in your life. And the thing about discouragement is it can put the pressure on so much that you will sometimes want to end your life. I come to tell you, God built you to last. test things and when they get you oftentimes when they test things there are other things I, I just throw these out and y'all just buy the tape don't even try to write them down because I'm going to say I'm real fast there's the frustration test the discouragement test the warfare test the self will test the vision test the usage test nobody's using me nobody wants me nobody's and then there's the promotion test when they Make BMWs. They call them the ultimate driving machine. The thing about the BMW is, is that before it leaves the assembly line, they will take the BMW and they put a dummy in it and they put the seatbelt on the dummy. And they drive the BMW down and they crash into a wall. Then they take it apart, see what held up, recalculate some numbers and build it and rebuild it again. And then they drive it in the snow. And they drive it with the rain and they drive it through tough terrains. And they see what broke, take it apart, make some calculations and put it back together again. And then they drive it and put it back in and they crash it into the wall again. And the dummy crashes and they got sensors on the dummy to tell if the airbag kept the dummy from losing his mind. They, 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 they got things on there to tell whether the dummy broke or armor. No, 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 no. no yeah, we, we laughing, but God has, he takes us through the same test. And he's testing us because he wants to roll us out. And when he rolls us out, he wants us to be the ultimate driving machine. I'm telling you, God is calling you to be an ultimate worship machine. Which means that you can worship if they take my country. They can worship. I can worship. If you take and destroy all the people that I once knew, I can still worship. If, you know, the three Hebrew boys went through so much and they, they, they had been challenged so much, but God had built them to last so it didn't matter when it came to the fire it didn't matter when it came to Nebuchadnezzar it didn't matter because they knew that he has a plan for me and it's going to give me hope in the outcome that I know my outcome is going to be right and so the worst thing you can do is give up while you're in the testing mode because you want to be confirmed at the end of the day that I have passed the test. And I'm ready, God, for you to use me. And I'm ready for it to go out and march. I'm ready for the call that you have on my life. I'm ready for where you're taking me. So it requires you now to understand that he built me 
to last. I'm going to give you four things and we're going to close. Four things. Number one, when you're going through tests, make sure you develop your self-awareness. Make sure you know who you are. Tests, the reason they grade them is to show you where you are. Ain't no need to get mad at the teacher. Ain't no need to get mad at the instructor. That grade is going to tell you exactly where you are. Don't like the grade? Go back and study God's word. Make sure you got your good preacher in your ear. I know you got a good pastor, you understand? Make sure you get good word inside of you, and you go back and you take it again. Most people don't know who they are. They're not aware of who they are. Number two. Make sure you develop your self-management skills. You know the thing I love about your pastor and your first lady? They manage themselves. You know, I, I can say this. I'm at home. You know, years ago, somebody said years ago, you know, you go hang out with folk. And they just didn't know how to manage themselves challenging because you see stuff that come out of it like man why don't you work on that <laughs> you know y'all y'all can relate to this you ever you anybody this this uh well, it don't matter if you met, anybody ever been out with another couple and one of them one of the other couple crazy <laughs> and they don't know they're crazy but all the other three that's there know they're crazy. <laughs> they don't know how to manage themselves. Make sure when you're taking a test, it is designed to up your self-management skills. I know, search me, Lord. You find anything ain't right, take it out of me. I want to be right. I want to be whole. I want to be saved. But you got to manage yourself. Number three, develop your social awareness skills. Why are you taking the test now? Learn how to become aware of what's around you. The Bible defines it as the spirit of discerning, the discerning, where you have a, a you, you, you're able to discern the other spirits of other people that are around you. But learn how to be socially aware. And, you know, look like that brother going through, let me go talk to him. Look like that sister going through, let me go talk to them. Look like they might need a hug, let me go embrace them. Look like they might need some encouragement. Let me, stop walking around and not being aware of who, who's around you and what they're going through. And the fourth thing, manage, learn how to develop your relationship management skills. 
See, all of these are going to be very important because the ministry here is going to outgrow this location. He said, well, I know that, Pastor. That wasn't deep. <laughs> but you want to make sure that you know who you are when it do. And I go ahead and say this right here, and it's going to help somebody. It might not help you tonight, but it's going to help you. If you're good at something right now, don't attach yourself to it that if God desires to move you in a different place when it gets to the next level. Oh, my God. Now, Pastor, I've been with you since we started. I know, I know, baby, I know, I know. I've been doing this since we, I know, I know, I know. But I'm going to need you over here now. Because God called you during this time, during this season for this place. And when we go to this next level, I may need you in another area. Oh, my God. If you don't prepare for it, you won't be ready for it. So don't, don't, don't get, what am I testing? Make sure your motivation, uh, make sure your motive is right. And I see this ministry becoming a beacon of light and it will expand and expand and expand and expand. The thing I love about you guys' ministry is that you have been very efficient with everyone. Everybody's plugged in. Everybody's connected. Everybody's growing and moving in the right direction. I'm just here to encourage you that you have to make sure you manage your relationships and don't allow your relationships to manage you. You have to learn to manage your emotions and don't let your emotions manage you. Because what Satan wants to do is he wants to hijack your emotions so he can pull a string and make you do stuff. Anybody ever, somebody ever made you mad? Now, if that's that, 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 that emotion of anger that you felt that they made you do, it belongs to you. So if it belongs to me, why am I letting somebody else push the button? Yeah, yeah. Let me talk. Let me talk to the guys here. See, when I go home, I got a remote control. Mine. I don't care who there. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how long I ain't seen family and all the relatives, all that. That's my uncle now. I don't care. When I come in the house, that remote belongs to me. And I need my remote in my hand. You, you know, brother. All right? Because when I get ready to change my channel, I don't need to ask you to change it for me. Oh, y'all missed this. So... Go take your emotional remotes back from the people that made you angry. 
so they can't set and change your channels when they want to. Y'all getting this? I love you guys so much. If you don't remember nothing else, you were built to last. And although you may go through things, God is going to establish you, strengthen you. He's going to settle you. And he's going to take you into a level and place that you have prepared yourself to handle. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And he built you to be there and not there. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E, A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.